Hello, and welcome to the Watermark. I'm not even going to call that. I mean, it just gets better and better every uh, every single time. Um, how was the royal wedding? It was great. Yeah. I mean, I was really surprised to get your invitation, yeah, which yeah. was you know the thing that I was most you know surprised about. Uh, Megan looked awesome. Yeah, right. Uh, it was great to figure out that uh, Megan's family actually she was marrying into the perfect family because the royal family are of course batshit crazy. Yeah, and it seems that her family is pretty much equivalent. Yeah, yes. My, my favorite one was I have no idea whether this is true, but it was reported in Britain that she has some kind of relative, a half brother or something, who runs a cannabis farm. I I think that's and, true. And yeah. the cannabis, he's planning on doing a line called Megan Sparkle. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I felt bad for her because, you know, it's hard enough to negotiate your relationship with your parents and then to have it, your dad being used by the tabloids. I, my heart kind of did go out to her, but. Um, yeah, one of the, I think another half brother, I don't know how they manage all these half brothers, is writing a book called Pushy Princess, or yes, or is that yeah. the half sister? Well, the half sister, and she, the half sister also did a viewing with like a local news news show taping her watching the wedding. Oh, so how I think that's, fabulously yeah. declassy! That's yes, brilliant. I love yes, it. Yes. It's just what the royals deserve. Well, on a similar note to that, um, the North Korean summit seems to be with the U.S. seems to be on for the moment. There's a lot of um, rushing around at the State Department to try to salvage this uh, um, this meeting. I, it's hard for me to, given the moment, it seems like there's a possibility of it, but this may change in the next three minutes. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's sort of, this is what happens in intense bromances. <laughs> yes. You know, so it's yeah. sort of, it's on again, off <laughs> yes. again, on again, off again. So I mean, my money would be on it being on again. Yeah. Right. So, you know, here's yeah. sort of the, here's the nightmare for the Democrats coming up for November and afterwards. Right. So imagine this actually happens and, and goes well. Right. There's, yeah. there's some kind of net result. Yeah. Right. And we can talk about this later. You know, he's about to punish the whole world with tariffs. Mm -hmm. And that hurts them more than it hurts us. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Russia seems to be distracted with the World Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, Europe's imploding thanks to the Italians yeah. and Brexit. Yep. And uh, suddenly Trump doesn't seem that bad. No. I mean, and but then I think there might come a moment where he's just not that into you. And I think that'd be like the Kim Jong not being that into Trump, maybe. That could be it. And then the whole thing could unravel yeah. at light speed. Right. But maybe that would happen after the summit. So Trump leaves feeling really good. And then there's the push-pull after. Like, we had a great date. Could be. Where's the follow-up? That's true, exactly. Yeah. And then do you call yeah. me or do I call you? Yes. That, I think I, I think know. that uh, Camille Twinkie is going to be doing the calling. Yeah. Oh, I he'll think be he's the definitely, one. Because he's put his neck out now quite far in terms of I really want to reform. I really want to do yeah. stuff. And to just completely pull back would seem weird. Yeah. Unless it was all about the Trump kidnap plot and Singapore screwed that up. Well, I do wonder if it was the pulling back was China, that somehow China has gotten uncomfortable with the two, with the U.S. and North Korea coming together. And they mm. somehow put their thumb on the scale in some way. That could. Remember, we spoke about this before that, you know, China's version of the nightmare on this one isn't war on the Korean Peninsula. It's a unified Korea. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that yeah, there could be something. Yeah. I I will I will check my contacts in Beijing. Yes, please and do. See what I can find out. Let me know if you what you hear from Pyongyang as well. I, I, mean, I will. So yes. Yes. So what else we got on? So this is one that was just really um, I thought a lot about, and that's that the NFL Roger Goodell has decided that teams will be fined if players kneel if if players do not stand for the national anthem going into the new uh, the new football season. And of course, there are a lot of op eds around this that the NFL has fallen for the Trump administration rhetoric. But I just thought, too, um, so there's that part of it, the political side of this. But there's also the 
the the further limits on free speech that we that we don't allow our professional athletes to have mm-hmm. and that somehow we really made it so they really are um, property of own of the NFL owners or the NBA right. owners or what what have you and that that has really bothered me that you know um, that that limiting what they're able to do or say um, is quite problematic I think and it sets up a really bad model I mean the NFL is already rife with Roger Goodell telling um, players how to behave um, both in a professional and personal way but I just thought this was this just back to me as the sort of really illustrating the sort of owner player uh, imbalance but isn't, in a way isn't this becoming more and more common like so think about you're an Uber driver mm-hmm. you're an independent contractor but you're on our platform and you'll do exactly what we want yeah uh, you're a cleaner you work for a company the company's owned by another company you're wearing an ankle bracelet to make sure you're in the assigned room at the assigned time and you're not taking any more than the allotted amount of time mm-hmm. to clean the room Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of erosion of rights in the workplace, which oh, this is just one part of a thing mm-hmm. whereby you might have freedom of speech, but it happens in sanitized spaces like electoral moments. Mm-hmm. And other than that, you are effectively the property of your employer. Mm-hmm. And that's more and more the case. And I think this is more pernicious than just the NFL itself. Well, that's an interesting point thinking about the Uber drivers, that they can't. I mean, they're really restricted in terms of what they can. And yet they're independent contractors, right? Right. Right, when it when it benefits the company. So if you think about NFL players in the same way, right, the only way that you have free agency is if they don't want to pay you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you have to, if you have to sign a contract, and the contract says you will do this mm-hmm. regarding what is notionally an act of free speech, then you will do it, or you will not have the contract. Mm-hmm. Again, like so much in life, all the power is with the employers these days. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I hadn't thought of, you know collective bargaining has gone out the window, but certainly around this is not. I mean, this is. A, Great. It's a it's a public example of what's happening across all sorts yeah. of different all sorts of different industries. Um, speaking of uh, strong people, um, Maduro won in Venezuela with sixty eight percent of the vote. And I know this is going to shock you, Blythe, but the U.S. declared that it was an unfair and anti democratic election. So did an awful lot of people in the country too. You know, it's one of those ones. Given America's history in Latin America, I'm always tempted to to think about you know the giant conspiracy, etc. And and certainly during the Cold War, that was true. You know, all of our crap about Russia manipulating yes, our yeah. election. We we you know did Chile as a military coup, got the leader murdered. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've been in all these countries. But at this point in time, Maduro, it just seems to me, you know, the grand Yankee anti-conspiracy. We don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like it's. It's your small country. The world's a wash in oil. Yeah. You seem to have destroyed your capacity to generate any growth. Mm-hmm. You're just redistributing to your cronies less and less. Mm-hmm. The society has become completely polarized. I, I think you're managing to screw this one up without the Yankees really mm-hmm. doing much. Yeah, no, I think that's certainly true. And I mean, it seemed like the U.S. could barely get itself to say that that it was that it was anti-democratic and unfair, and then that was like the air was out of the balloon. And well, that's here's all they the had thing, you know, if I remember correctly, all pre- pretty much every other Latin American country withdrew their ambassador. Yes, I think that's true. Right. Yeah. So if that's the case, you know, it's not just us Yankees up north. Yeah, there seems to be something rotten in the state of Venezuela. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it continued. The, the wheel did on that one. Did my Shakespeare keeps, thing throw keeps, you off? Yeah, yes, was, it did. It was good. so. It was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it Dennis was, Wheeler. It was so highbrow. I didn't know what to say. Like some guy, Den- Dennis say. Wheeler. <laughs> and the so, similar, de- so, Dennis, <laughs> what have we got next? Um, the Missouri governor. <gasps> Family uh, values in action. Yes. Tell us what happened, Carrie. The, I mean, I love this. So, his former hairdresser. Um, I love that he has a hairdresser. Yeah. 
in I mean it was a Fifty Shades of Grey sort of thing. Um, the I mean the Missouri State Legislature read out from the deposition all the things that um, that his former hairdresser had accused him of, and it was again very Fifty Shades of Grey. But then he, the allegation was that he took a picture of her mm-hmm. in this um, in this in uh, this state of yes, grey. Thank you, and uh, for revenge porn. And then was and then was called. I mean, I laugh because it's so absurd. But wasn't the angle? It wasn't. It was. It was preemptive. Yes, that's point. right. Yes, right. right. So basically, insurance. I'm taking a picture of you in a compromising situation yes. as insurance, so yes. that you don't out me for doing all the things that anybody elected yes. on a platform of family values yeah. shouldn't be doing. Yeah, he he said he was under. It'd been a lot of pressure on his family, and you know he yeah, just yeah, he was it. Yeah, he was the source of the lot of <laughs> yes. pressure on his family. Yes. You know, yeah. that's like I'm, I'm t- you know, every, I love when po- politicians in Britain usually do this when they get caught with their pants down or yeah. their wallets out. They say, "I'm I'm resigning from my post uh, so that I can spend more time with my family." Given the way that you've been behaving, they're the last people <laughs> that want to spend any more time with you. Yes, and in fact, they don't want to see you. No. Um, Oh, so the big one, of course, is Italy and yes. what what is happening. In Italy. Does Europe exist? Does the eurozone exist? All of these big existential questions. But as so, as an Americanist, meaning studying American politics, I saw the this latest news from Italy as being as if Barack Obama said, "Donald Trump, you didn't win the election. Hillary Clinton has won, and she will be president." Yeah, that's that's okay. a nice way of summarizing it okay. exactly. So there's been this battle between technocratic forces. Um, and sort of democratic forces, which we call populists, Hmm. right? Because for the past prior 20 years, the mainstream parties effectively outsourced policy to the technocrats, whether that was in Brussels, whether that was the central banks or whatever Hmm. it was. And it was all going fine until it wasn't. So then we have the big financial crisis, the European sovereign crisis, etc. And for Italy, that means 10 years of really painful recession, on top of the fact that their incomes haven't budged in nearly 25 years. So today, for example, you have people sticking up for this elderly Italian president who effectively said, I know you won the vote. I know this is who you want for finance minister, but no, right? right? Just no, yeah. right? And said, oh, but the budget deficit's closed. We're running a surplus. The economy's doing fine. And, you know, for 80% of Italians, it hasn't done fine for mm-hmm. 20 years. So you have these technocrats talking to each other in this bubble, saying everything's fine, leave it to us, we're the experts. And then you have populist forces who are mobilizing people and getting them to win elections, Mm -hmm. saying everything isn't fine and we need to try and find something else. And you might not like the something else, but that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at the end of the day, what we have is this weird situation, which seems to be going on globally, where, you know, the elites have overplayed their hand. The technocrats have overplayed their competence. And the result of that is eventually the ballot box calls you on mm-hmm. that. Now, and as I said, you may not like the result, but unfortunately, that's democracy in action. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was just thinking, I was at just at dinner with somebody, and they're you know railing on the Trump voters and how they're so stupid and how they didn't know what they were doing, and that's exactly what the problem is, isn't it? That the elites have decided that they know better, and that I mean, the backlash is totally. potentially. Um, global recession, or is that going too far? Well, I mean, we'll put it this way. So a year ago, we had Marco Butti here, the chief economist yeah. of the European Commission, really nice guy. He was, he was here at Brown giving the talk, and it looked as if, you know, they'd almost turned the corner on populism, mm-hmm. and Le Pen didn't get elected, and all this sort of stuff. Brexit was there, but that was dealable. Well, now what you've got is Trump is about to stick 25% tariff on German cars. Mm-hmm. So the, the trade surplus that Europe has been running against the rest of the world, which is their only growth model, because they refuse to invest domestically and grow 
domestically, is about to go bang. Mm -hmm. Now, Trump has said the condition for me not doing this is this thing called Nord Stream, which is buying Russian gas by pipeline. And they're about to build the pipeline and turn it all on. You need to not do that. You need to buy LPG from us. Now, economically, that's insane. Mm -hmm. You don't even have the capacity to move that much LPG. So the Germans have said, no, we've done these contracts. And then Americans go, right, Iran. We're gearing up for a war with them in about 12 months' time. Mm -hmm. All your companies Mm -hmm. need to get out of that, otherwise you'll be subject to sanctions. And then the Italians kick off. Mm -hmm. So you've got the Brits in the north, the Americans in the west, the Russians in the east, the (laughs) Italians in the south. And then people are finally waking up to the fact that they're all sharing a bit of paper and nobody is actually really committed to it. So Europe is just squeezed by your the, your illustration on all four sides. Now, let's say that the Italians have another election, which they will, that Salvini and Five Star get even more of the vote, yeah. that they force a vote through Parliament that disempowers the president. They get the guy that they want. The spreads, the gaps between the bonds go through the roof. You're back to the sovereign debt crisis too. Italy's too big to bail. Mm-hmm. It's not Greece. Mm-hmm. And they are... Their policy is effectively what Varavakis was threatening in Greece, but Greece was too small to pull it off. Yeah, This is an existential threat to the euro. Now, at that point in time, right. what's the only thing that investors care about? Security and liquidity. Uh-huh. Dollar goes up. Doesn't matter. Trump could literally burn down the White House during uh-huh. that, and the dollar would go up. Oh, jeez. So, so somehow it makes it makes the dollar less. I've always said that the United States is the unscrew-upable country. Yeah. It's a barbell and a gym. Barbells are balanced on both ends. That's why you can pick them up. Yeah. So when things are going well, you borrow here, you invest abroad, you get a higher rate of return. Mm -hmm. When things go to hell in a handbasket there, you liquidate everything there, buy dollars, and we win because the dollar goes up. Mm -hmm. And that hasn't changed. doesn't matter who's in charge. Hmm. So in some respects, then, all of the, uh, the panic around Italy is not... We shouldn't be as panicked, maybe, or that the Eurozone is going to evaporate overnight. Well, I mean... Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Thing, things seem to be very steady till they're not. Yeah. You know, things yeah. are sustainable until they're unsustainable. We just don't know how this one's going to play out. I mean, on the one hand, this could force the Commission and the Germans to actually say, uh, all right, yeah. maybe we need to do something about domestic of demand in these economies. Economies. Yeah. Maybe we need to wean ourselves off of selling BNWs and actually repair our societies after 10 years of recession. But given the fact that they've elected a finance minister as yeah. part of the coalition agreement, yeah. whose only policy is to run a permanent budget surplus yeah. and literally to eliminate German debt as an end in itself, which mm-hmm. makes no sense whatsoever, mm-hmm. I wouldn't hold my breath. But Macron has... has hinted at some of these reforms. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, so, he's been hinting like a Chanel advert <laughs> dressed yeah. in lingerie, <laughs> draped all over Angela, right? but she's not responding. <laughs> like a former hairdresser. It's yeah. like a former hairdresser. Yeah. Yeah. And and no, no one is listening in Germany. Now, maybe, you know, the Italians can force that situation mm-hmm. so that Macron's project goes forward. But, you know, let's not forget that Macron himself, one of his signature reforms is taking away the rights of railway workers to retire a wee bit early. Hmm. So, you know, to what extent he's perceived as genuinely different? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like America. It's like France and like America. We've never been richer as societies. Mm-hmm. And we spend half of our time trying to make sure that people who do really crap jobs have even crappier jobs. Right, right. And well, have to know, do those why, crappy why, jobs forever. Right, and do, yeah, yeah, and do them yeah. forever, right? Yeah. And no, no retirement ever, right? right? right. You know, this sort of stuff. Yeah. Why, why would people think this is a good idea? Yeah. It's so interesting to me that the technocrats are not reading the tea leaves in that uh, 
you're just you've just emboldened these people who voted for the five star party or voted for Donald Trump or whatever the case is, and they're even more jacked up to go and vote for everybody again. Absolutely, because all yeah. you're doing is saying you're deplorable, a racist, yeah. a borderline yes. rapist, yes. or something else. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, as we wrap things up, there was this article in the newspaper um, about how the Clintons are not wanted on the campaign trail for the <laughs> for the midterm elections. Neither Hillary nor Bill. And I was I love to watch graduation speeches, so I was just trolling around on uh, YouTube and came across Hillary Clinton's um, Yale graduation with the Russian forehead. Yes, and she her opening or one of her opening lines was, um, "If I forgive you if you are from Michigan and one of the three people who didn't um, register or get your absentee back." And I just thought for a minute, let it's time to let it go. We no, just need to no. let it go. This, I'm, you know? I'm doubling down on my bet. She's running again. That, actually, I thought of you totally. as I watched that because I thought totally yes, running again. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And her whole if you can't beat him, join him. I thought, oh come on, please, um, please you know, it's, let this not. There's a friend of mine who, who put it brilliantly in a perspective. He said, so so Russian GDP is one twelfth the United States, and we spent a. Bill, no, a, tr- a billion dollars, must be a billion dollars, in advertising mm-hmm. during the last election mm-hmm. cycle. Oh, yeah. So the Russians are one-twelfth as rich as us. Apparently they spent two million on Facebook and turned the election. <laughs> which really basically means that with a fraction, <laughs> yeah. like all of our advertising is basically useless. All you need to do is buy a few ads on Facebook yeah. and you win everything. Yeah. I would open up <laughs> Russian consultants yes and just like work for everybody as the best electoral consultants of I all mean, time that's a good investment right absolutely there. um as uh, as we wrap things up uh snoop dogg made the largest gin and juice according ever made uh, i don't know it was guinness how, how, how big was it I, I'm not sure. I don't even know if it was certified by the Guinness Book of World of World Records. Of world but, gin juices. But I wanted to say this to you because, as a Scot, if yes. you were familiar with the gin and juice no, phenomenon here, well, I'd say I would put my hat on as a Brit at this point. In yeah. time. there are two acceptable uh, additives, if you will, to gin. The first one is obviously tonic and lemon. Yeah. Then there is the Sounds bitter nice. lemon, which is the slightly sweeter version of tonic water, which is worth a try if you haven't done. And then the last one is ginger beer. Well, those are very gin and ginger is the, the yeah. Moscow mule, right? Yeah, so yeah. that one works. That that's a good one, right? Yeah. But just adding juice. I mean, what, <laughs> what is this guava? I mean, just no. I think it's like you know the apple juice from CVS. So it's oh, a lowbrow, lowbrow, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. But this is a great. I mean, Blythe just gave us some great drinks for summer. Some you know, totally. uh, Moscow fact, mule. Let me yes. let me share with you the Blythe family summer recipe in closing because we will be back. I'll just read this headline to you. Give us it here. So this is off of uh, John's uh, phone. Snoop Dogg broke the Guinness World Record for biggest gin and juice like you knew he could. Yep, he could. <laughs> and there's a picture of him standing there with a giant glass of orange juice, probably with some gin in it somewhere. So that's, I suppose, that's great. So anyway, here is the Blythe Family uh, summer cocktail recipe. Get yourself a big pitcher. Okay. Now, in the pitcher, put two limes cut into quarters. So okay. that's eight sections okay. each lime. Then a lemon, do the same. Okay. Now mash that up with the sort of a grinder thing, okay. you know, pulp, whatever you call yep. those things, right? Uh, mash it up a bit, right? Then add ice to that. Okay. Now I'm add like a big splash, you know, a couple of fingers of Aperol. Okay. Right? A okay. couple of fingers of Pims. Okay. Oh, geez. Right? Okay. Three fingers of gin. 
Okay. And then top the whole thing up with a bottle of Prosecco. Whoa. Do I have to wear my top hat? Oh, and, and I missed out one thing. You got you to gotta put sage leaves in with the lime and the lemon like, and squeeze it all up. This is super sophisticated. Oh, it's it's just But it like, does sound very refreshing. Yeah, a ton of ice Prosecco. Yeah. It's really good. I highly recommend it. So, to dear listeners... My, my liver doctor doesn't. <laughs> that's a different story. Dear listeners, we will be here. Unlike the rest of our um, faculty, colleagues, and uh, those in higher education, we work during the summer. So, please come back. It's a bit unfair. We work. <laughs> We're just not teaching classes. We want to get our writing done. you got to stand up for the faculty. you got to stand up for the faculty. Yeah. Uh, we will be back, though, with uh, whatever news has been happening in the world. Exactly. Things get slower in the summer. We'll get slower, too, but we'll still be around. Thank you. Bye.